Support for this podcast comes from ODC Dance. The world-class company returns for Dance Downtown, March 27th through the 31st, with two electrifying programs and five works, springing from cartoon, the news, and human connection. ODC.dance slash downtown. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. From KQED. This is the California Report. Good morning. I'm Lily Jamali. We begin this morning in Los Angeles County, which remains the center of the state's coronavirus pandemic four months in. The county has more than 123,000 confirmed cases so far. But even as the toll from the virus grows, it's gotten harder for many in the L.A. area to schedule appointments to get tested. My California Report colleague Saul Gonzalez has more. Lily, when it comes to coronavirus testing, Los Angeles County has a supply and demand problem. A growing number of people want to get tested, but there just aren't enough testing sites, personnel, and equipment to meet all the demand. In response, local public health officials say they're going to prioritize people for testing who show actual symptoms of the virus or who've come in contact with people who've been exposed to COVID. The testing situation in Los Angeles should improve with the reopening of a mammoth drive through facility in the parking lot of Dodger Stadium. It had been closed with no notice over the July 4th holiday weekend, but now that it's open again, it should be able to administer about 6,500 coronavirus tests a day. Lily? Thank you, Saul. And speaking yesterday, L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti said younger people who don't have symptoms should not be getting tests just so they can hang out with their friends. A coronavirus test, said the mayor, isn't a, quote, passport to party. A spike in COVID-19 cases in Napa County is bringing increased scrutiny from the state and forcing the closure of some businesses. The State Department of Public Health says Napa's virus spike is due in part to more social gatherings, and it's particularly hit the county's agricultural workers and Latino residents living in households where social distancing is difficult. Governor Gavin Newsom says Napa is now on the state's coronavirus watch list, which will bring more oversight from the state. Napa has already required bars to close and ended indoor service at restaurants and wineries. San Benito and Yolo were also added to the 26-county list on Wednesday. Here in the Bay Area, Stanford says it's cutting nearly a third of its varsity sports programs due to financial strain from the pandemic. KQED's Marco Seiler-Gonzalez has that story. In an open letter on their website, the university said they will discontinue 11 varsity sports programs by the end of next year. That includes men's and women's fencing, field hockey, lightweight rowing, men's volleyball and wrestling, among others. The school says the cuts will directly impact more than 240 students and over 40 staffing and coaching positions. Operating a large athletics department proved to be costly. Stanford offered more varsity sports programs than nearly every other Division I college in the nation. The college was staring down a $12 million deficit before the COVID-19 pandemic, according to the letter. That deficit could now exceed $70 million. Stanford said they will honor all existing scholarship commitments with student-athletes. For the California Report, I'm Marco Salar-Gonzalez.
We've been talking this morning about negative consequences of the pandemic. Now to one silver lining. For some workers, the pandemic may bring about permanent changes to the way we work. Case in point, Silicon Valley-based tech company Quora, the Q&A website, is giving all its 200 employees the option to work from home even after all of this is over. Quora CEO Adam D'Angelo joins us now. Welcome. Thanks for having me. So you are now a what you call a remote first company. What does that mean exactly? What we mean with remote first is we're actually going to say everyone can work from home forever and they can work from wherever they want. And so that's immediately freed up all our employees to, to relocate, to kind of make adjustments. And so it's basically saying that like this state we're in right now is going to become the, the default way we run the company going forward. Mm-hmm. There are a, a fraction of employees, a minority, but a significant minority that want to continue to work from the office in the future. So we're going to allow them to do that. Uh, we're going to keep the office around for them. And, uh, you know, I, I think it will be the right thing for, for people who, for whatever reason, they don't have a good work set up at home or they, they need to get some distance from where they live to, to be able to really focus. But the, the primary way we're going to organize everything is around remote work. Is it safe to say this never would have happened were it not for the pandemic? Yeah, absolutely. Running a remote-oriented company in the past was very difficult. The pandemic basically served as like an education to a lot of us on how to run the company remotely. And, and I think it's also made a lot of employees learn that they actually prefer this. So the majority of our employees now are going to choose to work remotely forever. So I don't think that that actually would have happened if it weren't for the pandemic, I think people wouldn't have realized that they could be so productive from home or that they uh, that, that it would actually be their, their preference. This also gives you an opportunity um, to hire people anywhere, anywhere in the world. Um, how big is that? How big of a deal is that for you and for Quora? Yeah, I mean, it's it's huge. It's uh, we've always hired people from around the world who just, you know, happen to have the, the ability to relocate to, to Mountain View and get a visa if that was what they needed, or they, um, you know, they move here from somewhere else within the, the country. And we've always hired a lot of new grads out of universities. Uh, and so we've always been interested in just hiring the best people wherever they are, but it's always involved this big relocation step. And you know, now with, with COVID, I think people are getting a little more averse to relocation with the, the changing political environment in the U.S., getting visas is harder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and then I think another issue is that the, the Bay Area has gotten, housing prices here have gotten very, very expensive. And so being able to let people continue to live wherever is best for them for some other reason, maybe because it's where their family is, or maybe it's because it's where their, their friends are, or because that's, you know, it's a, it's a culture that's, that they really value. Um, it's going to be great for employees. And I think it's going to allow us to get the best people from around the world um, mm-hmm. without the kind of constraints we've had in the past. You had mentioned that, you know, Quora was sort of built for this. The kind of company that you are lends itself well to this. Can you talk about that? Yeah, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of other CEOs about every CEO right now is going through this very tough decision process around what do we do? Do we say everyone's got to be ready to come back to the office as soon as COVID is over? Do we say some people can work from home, but the main stuff is going to be at the office? And 
you know, other CEOs, some of them, they just personally, they really don't like the experience of working remotely. Some companies you, you hear about like leadership teams, there's a lot more conflicts or like just social dynamics are getting harder within their companies because people don't have the in-person interaction to kind of cause everyone to bond. Um, other companies, I think when they survey their employees, a much higher percent of employees want to come back to the office. Like, you know, it's like maybe 80% or 60%, whereas for us, it was 40%. Um, wow. So there, there is just, you know, there's some things about our culture and the kinds of people we've hired and the, the way we do our work. Uh, we have a lot of engineers who really like to just be able to focus in a quiet environment and be creative and without a lot of distractions. Um, whereas I think, you know, maybe some other companies have a uh, different culture that, that wasn't as suited to remote work. We, we tend to write a lot of things down. So we, we have a lot of documents and a lot of, a lot of kind of written communication and we value clear communication for getting everyone coordinated and going in the same direction. You know, some other companies, they tend to rely more on informal, you know, conversations that might happen in the hallways to, to determine, you know, what, how the company should, what, what direction the company should go. And those kind of things are, are much harder to, to happen in a, in a remote first world. I was looking through some photos on Glassdoor of Quora's headquarters. And, um, you know, you really get a sense of the community that you've tried to build there. Um, there's some really cute uh, alpacas on Valentine's Day. And there's people doing a cooking class. So clearly, you know, community is a big part of why people stay at companies. And you've tried hard to to foster that. Um, how hard is it now to to create that community? You know, it's something we're going to have to work on. And I think it's it's definitely a, a big question in this in this remote first world. How do you create an equivalent sense of community? And, and what do you do to, to, um, to enable that? I, I know that um, in practice, other remote oriented companies tend to have been actually better at retaining employees for the long term than than companies that required people to all be in an office. And you know, I, I don't know the exact reasons for that. But all the time we have employees who have to leave Cora because they need to move out of the Bay Area. So it might be because they want to have a family and they want to be near their parents, or it might be because their significant other is in medical school and they're going to go to residency somewhere else and they match in a place where, where they, you know, they, they don't want to be in a long distance relationship across the country. Um, and so, you know, we will lose some of the in-person community aspects of work, but I think we're going to gain this, um, you know, the, the ability to just have this like set of employees who can stick with the company through lots of changes in their life because, you know, they, they don't have to leave just because they, they want to move to another location. All right, Adam, uh, thank you so much. It's been a real pleasure to have you. Thank you. That was Adam D'Angelo, the CEO of Quora. And that is the California Report for this Thursday, July 9th, a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm Lily Jamali. Have a great day, everyone. Support for the California Report comes from the California Earthquake Authority, urging Californians to prepare to survive and recover from the next damaging earthquake. 
Learn more at EarthquakeAuthority.com. Earth Justice, a national nonprofit law organization fighting for the right to a healthy environment. Earth Justice, because the Earth needs a good lawyer. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose Fund for Strategic Innovation supports transformative ideas that benefit humanity while protecting the natural world, recognizing through science the interdependence of all living systems. Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. Parking at SFO is easy when you book online. You can choose dates and times in advance and secure the best rates to make your departure stress-free. Learn more at flysfo.com parking. Support for KQED Podcasts comes from Star One Credit Union, now offering real-time money movement with instant pay. Make transfers and payments instantly between financial institutions, online or through Star One's mobile app. Star One Credit Union, in your best interest. A young correctional officer. He said it was the most dangerous prison in California. Forced to make a choice. Fulfill his oath or back his fellow officers. Recognize the badge of my office. I'm Suki Lewis. From KQED Podcasts comes On Our Watch Season 2, New Folsom. A story about who gets hurt when the system that promises to keep us safe is bent on protecting itself. Find it wherever you listen to podcasts.